Hey, I'm Meredith. And I'm Curtis. And we're pretty sure that we are literally allergic to Chicago. This is the Launch Podcast for Pomona Valley Church. Welcome back to the Launch Pod. What Mayor just said is actually true, and it's funny because we love so many of the people here, but it's almost like the place itself is rejecting us. I had a dermatologist tell me I needed to go tanning this winter because my skin needed more UV. I didn't even know it was possible for a dermatologist to send a human being to a tanning salon. Yes, and for about three years running now, my eyes start itching as soon as the snow melts every spring, and they keep itching until the ground freezes in the fall. It's like seasonal allergies, only for all the seasons. But that's okay, because soon we are coming back home to start a church. We trust that if you are still listening to this, then something we said has resonated with you. Our prayer is that as we talk through what God has put on our hearts, the Holy Spirit would be working in some of you as well and causing you to feel as strongly as we do about this type of community and why it needs to exist, and not just for the sake of Curtis's eyeballs. And maybe you might want to join us in making that happen. We spent the first few episodes giving a broad vision for this new community that we would follow Jesus into the world together, and we talked about some of the reasons why we think such a community might be needed. These next few episodes, our plan is to zoom in a little bit on how we might go about it. What does it mean to follow Jesus into the world together at Pomona Valley Church? At a lot of churches, there's this very tidy, alliterative, or rhyming, three-part plan for how to follow Jesus. And there are different words used, but it basically boils down to come to church, be part of a small group, and read your Bible. It's simple, it's clear, it's unflinchingly rigid. And like we talked about in an earlier episode, it isn't always terribly effective at helping me follow Jesus in my everyday life. And there's nothing wrong with any of those three things, of course, but the way they are presented in certain churches, I think for a lot of people, their experience is that those churches feel controlling or rigid or shaming if you don't fit yourself into their mold correctly. And one solution, which some churches choose instead, is to say, there is no mold. You don't have to do anything. We are so full of grace that we are not going to put any demands on you whatsoever. Now, in some ways, this is better, but For many people, it also doesn't do much to help them follow Jesus in their everyday lives. Following Jesus doesn't just magically happen. Um, There's always some intentionality. Yeah, exactly. And so if the vision for Pomona Valley Church is that we would follow Jesus into the world together, how do we actually do it? What does it look like in practice? How do we steer clear of those two extremes? We want to equip people to joyfully and sustainably live the one another's from the Bible be good neighbors, and do justice. And we're going to spend the next few episodes of this podcast unpacking what all that means. This episode, we are going to focus on the first part, equipping people to do this joyfully and sustainably. And our framing for this comes right out of Jesus's words. One of the early passages from the book of John has Jesus telling people why he's come. And he says, I have come that they may have life, life to the full or life abundant, depending on your translation. But the idea is that following Jesus leads to a joyful life. Jesus is quite clear about that. And then in the Gospel of Matthew, Jesus talks about what he is calling people to in this way. He says, Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, 
and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon yourself and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. It's passages like this one and others like it that have caused us to add the word sustainable because whatever else is included in following Jesus, this verse ought to be true. I think people would really love a sense of sustainability in their lives right now. Going back to last episode, that sounds like good news to me. But we shouldn't lose sight of the other stuff either because at the same time, Jesus makes it clear that following him also means sacrifice. It means a life of service. It means putting others ahead of yourself. Ultimately, if Jesus' life is any indication, it means death. And Jesus is saying, and we would want to echo him here. Seems like a safe bet, right? Echoing Jesus. I like it. Jesus is saying that paradoxically, for us humans, the way that actually leads to sustainable, joyful, abundant life is the way of sacrifice and service. I don't think that comes naturally to anybody. No. It's a way of life that requires us to be intentional about opening ourselves up for God to work in us, developing habits and hearts that lead to the life Jesus is inviting us into. It doesn't come naturally at all, and it isn't too much of an exaggeration to say that we are constantly surrounded by other messages about what leads to joyful, abundant life. And I think most of us at our most reflective points would acknowledge that, well, those messages are lies. They don't work. We know that selfishness and acquiring more stuff and working more or whatever narrative you want to choose or whatever commercial you watched last, they don't lead to joyful life. But it's really hard to block out those messages. Which is why we do this together. Exactly. The, the intentional commitment to following Jesus, to opening ourselves up to God, it, it's really, really hard to do alone. I want to say it's impossible. I think that's safe to say. It's certainly safe to say that it's far easier to do in the midst of a supportive community, right? A community that is cheering us on and supporting us when it gets hard and embodying the things that we want to be true about us. Right. And we want to be that sort of community. We want to equip people to be able to live this sort of life of following Jesus. A lot of churches, most churches, are trying to help their people follow Jesus. It does seem, though, that the responses are often programmatic. We want people to come to church, listen to a sermon, have an experience with God, and then they will start following Jesus better. We have started calling this Jesus magic. You show up in the room, and then Jesus magic happens, and you get better at following him. It's like magic. No effort required. Or maybe the magic happens somewhere else. It's come to this workshop that we put together or Sunday school class where you can learn more about Jesus or be a part of a small group where you can talk more about your life and then the magic will happen. We don't believe much in magic. We do believe that when given the right tools, people are capable of taking ownership of their own lives. What? No, we need to tell them exactly what to do at all times. Yes, if you want a church that requires nothing of you but to be told what to do and fall in line, the Mark Driscoll special, if you will, this is going to be a big disappointment for you. Yeah, you might need to find another church for that. Anyway, there are a lot of different kinds of tools that you could use to equip people. We're putting one together that we call a rhythm of life, and this is not unique to us by any means. We make no claims to originality. Originality is overrated. Indeed. So, what exactly is a rhythm of life, then? I would say that one way to understand rhythm of life is this. An intentional plan for how a person is going to follow Jesus. 
What practices, experiences, or commitments or experiments are you going to do in this season as part of your regular life and schedule to try and follow Jesus into the world? We have a few markers of a rhythm of life that we wanted to talk through briefly uh, just to give a little more idea of what exactly we're talking about here. So first, it's real, not idealized. It's a part of my regular life. It's not a, I'm going to tackle everything that's wrong with me and do all the things all at once. And so we're going to do my regular life. And then at the end of the day, I'm going to do four different spiritual practices. And on Saturday's 10, and we're going to figure this out. And here we go. Some sort of super spiritual New Year's resolution. Right. First of all, that doesn't work because it, just like a New Year's resolution, it works for a week, maybe, and then you fall away and you give up. And when you fall away, you probably feel uh, disappointed in yourself or ashamed of yourself for that failure, which creates a cycle of death, really. Yes. So we want this to be a part of your real, actual life. The, the things that you do, the experiments, the commitments, whatever they are, they happen over the course of your regular life, not in addition to or after you finish your regular life. And on top of that, we want the rhythm of life to come with you through the real highs and lows that we experience day to day, not apart from them or some idealized version of of your life. I would agree. I think sometimes people get into a hard season, for example, and what they need to do is adjust their rhythm of life for the difficulty that they are in, but instead they hold on to the practices from the previous season that was less difficult And then they beat themselves up because they can't get those practices done or those practices are not helping them connect with Jesus. Instead, when you enter a new season that's hard, a low in your life, you should adjust what you're doing so that you can walk with Jesus through that and not worry so much about how much it looks similar to a different season. Right. Your rhythm of life is seasonal, not forever. Exactly. Which is our second one that we'd like to talk through a bit, that our rhythm of life comes with the season of life that we are in. If you have little kids, it's going to be different than if you don't have kids at all. If you're in college, it's going to be different than if you're working full-time. Or if you're unemployed, or if you're working three jobs to make ends meet. Like, all those things contribute to what your rhythm of life ought to look like. And we have seasons of life that are lighter and more restful. We have seasons of life that are difficult and very stressful. And I think one of the keys to a sustainable rhythm of life is to be able to say, what season am I in right now? How would I describe my life right now? And then based on that answer, say, okay, what would I like to do to connect with God through this and in the midst of it? And then when the season changes, you adjust again. Right. What's realistic for me in this season right now? What things do I need to tackle in this season that may not be true six months from now or weren't true a year ago? Which also might mean you have practices or experiments that you take on for a season, and then when it changes, you don't do those things anymore. You might have loved to journal for a long time, and then it doesn't make any sense to keep that journal for whatever reason, and that is okay. And that's why the third marker that we're talking about is it has to be personal, not one-size-fits-all. If you have a one-size-fits-all rhythm of life, it's not going to be flexible enough to fit with the different seasons that a person might find themselves in. Exactly. There are so many different kinds of spiritual practices. Some of them work really well if you're an introvert who really recharges through chance to be alone with your own thoughts. Some of them work really well if you are an extrovert who really finds energy and connection by being with people. And then to layer on top of that, binding and meeting God in those spaces. But those are not going to be the same for each person or personality. And sometimes even an introvert needs to lean into practices that are communal. And an extrovert needs to find time to be quiet. Right. 
The next marker that we would point out for a rhythm of life is that it's communal, not isolated. Although each person is going to think about what they want their own rhythm of life to be, ultimately it is expressed in a community of people who follow Jesus. So some practices will belong to me personally, but other parts of them will be connected to other Jesus followers. And to have a well-rounded rhythm of life, relationship has to be a part of it. You Absolutely. can't You can't follow Jesus by yourself right. out in the woods or something like yes. that. It's been tried. <laughs> it doesn't yield great results. And part of what we mean by communal is simply having other people that we engage in honest and authentic conversation with about our lives and our faith and where we are seeing God or struggling with God or hoping that God will move. That being able to share the journey is an important part of how your rhythm of life works. Because like we were saying earlier, it's important to have people who are supporting you in this, who are doing their own attempt at a rhythm of life, an attempt at following Jesus. And when you can do that with other people, you can talk about how it's going and where you need help and you can have people who support you. And I think it makes it more likely that you'll be able to actually do it. The last one that we want to highlight for now is that a rhythm of life is about being faithful, but it's not a quick fix. I think there sometimes can be a myth that in a season of life, I just need the right recipe of spiritual practices and time with other Christians. And if I shake it all up, everything turns out great. But instead, a rhythm of life is the tool that helps you walk with Jesus in all situations, highs and lows, good and bad, just to know that you are trying to be near to Jesus and listen to him in that season. Yeah, and it contributes to you getting there in the end. You don't have to get there tomorrow. Right. You don't become like Jesus in a week. It's something that over time you work through the different issues you have, the different challenges that you have, and over time you get to be more and more like Jesus. But it requires a long-term faithful commitment. Yeah. The goal would be I want to become more like Christ and I want to be following Jesus and loving him for my whole entire lifetime. Yeah. We actually want to do this together with you. So we will be posting a tool toward the end of this week that has a little bit of explanation for how to use it and how you might want to experiment with this. And I know it might seem interesting to do something along with podcast hosts, but we think it could be a really fun way to be trying this out together. So for now... Just to warm up your minds and get you ready to dive into it, we thought we would offer just a couple of prompts that you could reflect on this week. The first of which is, how would you think about the season of life you're in? What's distinct about it right now? What is bringing you the most joy right now? And on the other hand, what's stressing you out the most? What's draining you the most? What relationships are in your life right now that are really fulfilling to you? And is there anybody who might want to do this with you? So we will post those prompts on Meredith's blog in the show notes, and we would encourage you to just spend some time reflecting on those this week, and we will post the full Rhythm of Life tool towards the end of this week. So stay tuned for that. And there are other Rhythm of Life tools available. So if you're just really excited, you can actually just Google that, and other things will show up. That's where we're going to wrap things up for today, and we'll be back in a couple of days talking a little bit more about what we mean by living the one another's that come from the Bible. It's a really important concept for the quality of the community that we want to be for one another. In the meantime, though, as always, we would love if you would recommend this podcast to others who might be interested in it, especially if they live in Southern California and might be looking for a community like this one to call home. We'll put some extra resources over on my blog, MeredithAnnMiller.com. It's Ann with an E. And you can get in touch at our email address, PomonaValleyChurch at gmail.com. 
Until next time, thanks for listening. We love you all. Bye.